Welcome to Straight Edge, the podcast. My name is Clive Allwright, and along with my amazing guests and co-hosts, we're going to be having some brutally honest and sometimes confronting conversations around all things of addictive behavior. Now, as it happens, I've been a hairdresser for 37 years, and during my career, I've met many people just like me that have also struggled in the many different areas of addiction. So our main focus of this podcast is to chat with as many people as possible from the hairdressing, barbering, and media industries, along with some pretty smart people that work in the fields of addiction to get a deeper understanding of why so many of us struggle with the balance of family, careers, health, and the day-to-day pressures of life. So if this sounds like an area you'd like to dive deeper into, make a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to Straight Edge, the podcast. So I had a quick look around. I went, oh, I'll have one of them, please. And there was this bottle of Southern Comfort on the, on the thing. And I like the shape of the bottle. You know, it's a vile, big, vile place to be. You know, self-destruction. I opened up the cabinet because I wanted a hair of the dog. Um, and my young daughter had written a note. Um, Daddy, please don't drink anymore. In mind, in my drinking, my mum told me she was ashamed of me. That, that hurts. When, when, when your mum says they're, they're absolutely ashamed of you, for your behaviour. Um, and it went from that to she said to me how proud she was of me, how she loved me. And it's written on there, this is Mrs. Roberts, her son's getting an MBE today off the Queen. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight Edge, the podcast. I'm very, very humbled to be in the host chair today. I'm once again um, flying, solo, flying solo. It's right at the end of the school holidays and Amy... It's her daughter's birthday today, so she's she's out having a party, and so I'm very blessed um, to be here in the studio with my guest today. And there's one thing I was thinking about this before we actually, as I was rushing home from the salon, um, driving like a madman to to jump online because my next guest is in is is in the UK, and I was thinking to myself a moment of gratitude because since I've started this project of the of doing this podcast, the amount of people that I've met. Um, that I would never have got the chance to, to chat with. It's just been incredible. It's been an incredible journey. And today's definitely no exception. Now, my, my guest for today first came on my radar, well, was first introduced to me when I was having lunch with my good friend, Anthony Whitaker, and he was telling me he'd just done a recent interview with Stuart Roberts, who's uh, got an MBE. And um, he said, Clive, you're going to love this one. And if you haven't listened to the episode with Anthony Whitaker from Grow My Salon Business, it's episode 171 of, of Anthony's podcast. It is, it's a, an incredible story. And um, I know it was 2022, December, when that came out. So I'm sure a lot has happened since then. But I'm not going to prattle on for too much longer. Stuart Roberts is my guest today, MBE. He's founder of Haircuts for Homeless. Um, do we call you Sir, Stuart? I guess you're technically a Sir, right? Those of you that don't know, MBE is a member of the British Empire. Um, And it's an honour to have you on the podcast today, mate. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thanks for getting up early. I know it's about half past eight in the morning in England. Um, And so I guess let's start at the beginning. I mean, you're you're a hairdresser above everything, right? You started, you're just like us. This is a podcast towards the hairdressing barber and the media industry. And you have also had your battles with addiction so just yeah, let's start from the beginning yeah I'm, I'm very experienced at hairdressing i'm very experienced yeah. at drinking and taking drugs so that's <laughs> that's sort of the big parts of my life 
Um, right. But yeah, I, I, I started hairdressing, you know, I was 15, just, just coming up to 16 when I left school. And um, I'm now, the, in July, I'm 62. So, you know, and I'm still cutting hair. So it's, it's wow. you know, it's a major part of my life. I also had a salon for 30 years. Um, and that, um, that, you know, that went, that went from 1988 uh, to wow. uh, 2018. And that probably would have still been going, but in the, in the UK, we've got this it's worldwide problems now, isn't it? and uh, the landlord doubled the rent. So uh, it just wasn't viable anymore, yeah. and we had to close. Yeah. Um, and uh, But life's funny, you know. Uh, probably at the time, one of the worst parts of my life, you know, one of the worst things to go through. The, the loop, yeah. you know, the loss of a business like that, and uh, especially when it's sort of almost taken from you rather than you letting it go, you know. Uh, yeah, it's not your decision. Yeah, uh, but it was, it, it's you know, it turned out the, the, the best thing because looking back, and I, I knew a bit about running business, and I, and I, I talked, I trained with Alan Austin Smith to help people run their business. Yeah, but it's it's the interesting thing, isn't it that. If I was looking in at my business and I was I was I was guiding myself, I, I probably would have told myself to close it five years earlier. But I'd done that classic thing yeah, right. of hanging on and hanging on and you know, remortgaging yeah. the house to keep it open and all the things that I would never do if I was telling someone else. And uh yeah, so I'm sort of still paying the price of that now even. But my life changed so much for the better. Um because uh it enabled me to sort of fully develop the charity that, that had changed my life so much, you know. So um, I went back to, like, you know, like I say, oh, it's such a long time ago, isn't it? You know, and you yeah. said about Andy Whitaker, and you said it was in 2022 or something, and I thought, blimey, I thought that was about three months ago. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so... I know. it. That, I that whole thing I know. Of, when you get older, it just flies so quickly. But it seems odd to talk back then of, uh, you know. So that was in 1978, I think. Yeah, 1978, wow. I left school and, and become an hairdresser. And we was doing, like, you know, shampoo and sets and, you know, salons yeah. were packed then, you know. Yeah. That, 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 you know, yeah. the late 70s, going into the early 80s, uh, you know, it, it was, they was mobbed, ongoing, regular, and it's a lot sweet. of cash business. Yeah. No, no, not not no F pass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know, like you, you, I think people didn't appreciate what they had at the time, you know. And then obviously, yeah, going into the eighties, the boom of the eighties, and you know, Thatcher. Britain, it was a gold rush, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, and no one knew. Um, but it was, it, it it was a time when you you really learnt about um, hairdressing. It was hairdressing then. So the, the fundamental skills you got uh, were you're not really seeing now um, in, in training. Yeah. Having said that, hairdressing, like, don't get me wrong, not my name who says it used to be brilliant. Like, it's come on so much and it's been a, a pleasure to see decade by decade improvements in the industry and, you know, hairdressing in general and the, the things we've got to use and the products and everything. It's amazing. Man. I remember the first time, we, I remember when Moose was invented... <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And and it's still, and you go, you go, 
And then <laughs> you go to stick it on someone's head and <laughs> you do doing me that? What's that? <laughs> I, I still love moose. It'll do anything. Oh, it's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not here. I did snort moose. We're not trying to talk about products. <laughs> it's not a product one. Yeah, I suppose it's it's um and, and, and unfortunately being in this industry that long, we are party animals. You know, we we are an yeah. industry of we're sort of flamboyant, outgoing, gregarious people. And we do suffer from a tendency to overindulge. Uh, and I was yeah. one of them um, from a young age. I mean, I don't know if I, well, it, to go right back, because it is part of my story. Uh, I was, I was, um, I was abused by a man. Uh, sorry if this upsets anyone. I was abused yeah. uh, uh, by a man, you know, in, in my street uh, when I was um, about seven. And um, that that sort of that changed my life quite a lot. Um, and what it did, and some people might relate to this, um, it made me very. Um, uh, it, I lost a lot of my self esteem, uh, and I lost a lot of confidence. And as well, in it was the seventies, so it was early seventies or whatever it yeah. was. And uh, no, sorry, it was the late sixties. So. My mum and dad, bless them, I've lost them both now. Um, I love them dearly. But they didn't know how to handle it at that time. We, you know, we, Did you tell them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, innocently, because I, I sort of just, I didn't, you know, I was sort of so young and innocent. I So I didn't really know what was what. And then, then obviously, wow. I said, and then they went right into like, oh, my God, what's going on? And my dad wanted. My dad was an old Scottish ex army guy, so he wanted to go and sort him out. Kill him. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But their attitude at the time then was, um, right? You mustn't say anything. That's you know. It was like it, it, I was made to feel very dirty and naughty, right? Oh my god! But I don't blame them yeah. because they 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 didn't know how to handle that. You know, we didn't have no. The, that's right. We didn't have the things then of of of, of the, the enlightenment that we've got in this day and age. You know. So they they done mm. you know I I I know now as I'm an adult that they done the best they could with what they had to deal with it, um, but effectively what that did to me was then then made me think that, um, that something you know I'd done something bad and it was it, it, I had to repress everything, and it was an odd thing that um, when I when I was later in life uh, I was I was I know I was driving. So I was old enough to drive, um, and I sort of come along. I just I've never seen him since, but and I was I was I was a big fella then, and I I, I was a uh, um, kickboxer and everything, and I you know I could handle myself, you know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I saw him uh, in his garden or something, and I regressed immediately back to that seven-year-old boy. And in a panic, wow. sped off in my car. And I honestly would have thought, the guy I was at the time, I would have thought I'd have jumped out of the car and bashed him up, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a weird thing. It's wow. a weird thing that the power that stuff has over you. And I, it was fight or flight, you know, it was, it was flight mode and I was I was off. And... Did you block it out until, yeah. like, sort of blocked it until that I point and then by seeing yeah, him, I, it's I, just brought it all to the surface? Yeah, I blocked a lot of it out. And, um, yeah, but it was sort of, it sort of came back, really hit, hit me hard, like, you know, at that point. 
Um, but funny enough, by then I was already on the road of my addiction because when I was about, I think we we was having, um, see, I say when I was about 14, it weren't, it was before that. When you was about 12 and that, you know, we go to the local working men's clubs as a family and then your dad started letting you have yeah. a little half pint of beer and everything. Yeah. Um, but the real one was banned on the Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, it was a real sort of, <laughs> uh, but uh, or nicking a bit at, at family parties and that. But the real one came when, when I was at a school disco thing and we all tried to get in the local pub. And uh, oh, I got turned back out immediately. But so for some reason I got served. And I got up to the bar and I went, oh, and she went, what do you want, love? And I thought, and I, thought I hadn't thought that far. I don't know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a quick look around. I went, oh, I'll have one of them, please. And there was this bottle of Southern Comfort on the on the thing. And I liked the shape of the bottle, you know. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I'll have one of them, you know. And she went, uh, anything? I went, no, just that. So I think she meant, do you want a mixer? I was like, no, no, that's all right. So I knocked back this large um, Southern Comfort, like, you know. And anyone in recovery will know this it lit me up like a pinball machine you know yeah. talk about brave juice it was like yeah. you know boom and then i went and then i went oh can i have another one yeah 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 boom and i've come out of there i've come out of there two foot taller three foot wider yeah. and four times as good looking went straight yeah. over to the the school disco <laughs> i thought i could dance <laughs> brilliant <laughs> picked a fight <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was yeah. that, you know, and, and, and if someone's very repressed and someone gives you, let's call it a magic potion, someone gives you a magic potion and you, bing, you're like the genie out of the bottle, that's very addictive. You know, that you yeah. want that again. You know, yeah. and, and unfortunately, you keep chasing after that. You know, so, that's right that that initial high yeah and then and, and what happens is then uh you it becomes a, a a big part of your life very quickly so you're like you're chasing that um uh and it becomes part of going out so that becomes your main part go out get drunk you know go out you, you know you don't you never in the end you, you don't you don't even contemplate well you know that's why well i've got a if I'm going out, you organise everything. You know, I can't. Yeah. You know, you don't want to drive, don't that. So every everything evolves around it. Without you, it sneaks up on you. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's progressive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it gets you. Um, so then, sort of relating to my um, career-wise, uh, I was so I was I was already I was already at it by the time I left school. You know, I remember one of the I don't. I haven't been drinking, but one of my exams, I failed miserably because I was so hungover from the night before. You know, and yeah. I look back. That's, that's that was like fifteen. You know, and you think, what's that's, what's that all about? And then, yeah. you know, I went into work. I think I don't know. I don't. I, I went to get into this salon. I wasn't even going to be an hairdresser. You know, I was like, I was going. I was off. I was going to a place in college. Just that and the other. I was going to do something else. But I really fancied this girl, right? <laughs> this local girl, <laughs> and she worked in the hairdressers. And then uh, some, someone I knew um, was an hairdresser, and I thought I'm going to go and see if I can get a job and work there, you know. 
And uh, yeah. as it turned out, it was one of the best local hairdressers in the area. And uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't get in the one she worked in, so I was in another branch. And I thought right. I'd give it a go. But there again, the addictive thing, that first week's trial, I loved it. So uh, yeah. it was a different world then, you know, 1978. It was not a man's world, you know, like... My my dad said to me, uh, I said to him, Dad, I'm going to be an hairdresser. He said, what am I going to tell the blokes at work? <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? it <laughs> I had that thing, you know. And, if, you know, it was, yeah. it was like, you know, the, the thought of me being gay was like killing him, you know. And I was like, you know, and he, he didn't realise that being one of the only straight people in a very gay community, you, you, you're very, yeah. very handy with it's, ladies. You know? it's like, it's, I was a cocky it, little thing, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was, um, yeah, it, it was, and, that, and that, that was that was the same thing. It was the atmosphere um, and, and the creativity. Oh, I loved it. I loved it since I got there, you know. It was, it was the same thing for me. Like I, I actually started off as an electrician's apprentice to, when I first left school. And so I was working on a building site and it was so cold and wet in England that, you know, it was miserable. And then I got, uh, I met some people that worked in the local hairdressers and they had really cool air. Yeah. They were surrounded by lots of girls. Yeah. And I went, this is for me. Yeah. And I went, and I was in the warm <laughs> and I was, and at that time it was, you know, Miami Vice had just come out yeah. in the eighties and everyone, all the men were getting their highlights. And I was like, with the, and I was like, this is exactly what I, I want to be indoors with the, you know, with all the pretty people. Yeah. This is great. Well, that's really odd it, you saying that because uh, it threw me when you come up because you're the dead spit of one of my mates and he's an electrician. Really? And he could, he, honestly, you could be him. And I was like, it threw me. I'm like, <laughs> and he's, and he's, he's a spark, but he stayed a spark. He did. And they're all nuts as well. Yeah. I, I probably should have stayed. I would have been a lot better off if I stayed a spark. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't uh, but no, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but it's right. interesting because a lot, so many of us fell into hairdressing. Like yeah. I, we did a survey years ago with another business that I've got back. Did you always want to be a hairdresser, or did you fall into it by chance? Yeah. And it was fifty fifty. There's fifty yeah. percent of our industry out there that just discovered it by chance. Yeah. And for me, like that really relates to a lot of my story with addiction because I found my tribe. Yeah. Like I found yeah. I, I loved hanging out with hairdressers yeah. and. It opened up a world to me that I was like, "Whoa, you can do anything in this game." Yeah, and 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 that's when I got, you know, um, exposed to drinking after work, drugs, yeah. you name it. It was all yeah, there, yeah. you know. It was a, and it was a big thing. But sorry, carry that's on. Right. Well, I, I was, I was funny yeah. enough. I was really anti-drugs. I hated, yeah. you know, drugs. Yeah. People taking drugs was the scummiest thing on earth to do, you know. And then the yeah. 80s come and I went to my first rave. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> took my first you know, pill. Like, and it was funny because we, we all went up. I went this crowd. Had been all, they'd all been doing it for a little while. And I got talks into going. And we'd done news. The, the raves was in fields in England. And they was like, yeah. you know, and we used to meet up on the M25 and all that, a minibus full of us. So I, I, this yeah. first experience of mine, and I, I, I'd already, you know, I had a bottle of vodka with me uh, in the minibus. And they was all, um, you know, they'd all gone bought their bottles of water and everything. <laughs> and I was yeah. getting, I was like, you know, like, oh, do you want one of these? Oh, nah, I can't just stick that. You know, I don't want that. Um, and yeah. I'd, I'd had a good drink. I mean, just going to go in this place. It was an aircraft hangar. And it ended up in the yeah. Sun newspaper on the Monday. It was like 
one. I think we might have been at the same place. Really? Was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and I goes, uh, no, no, I don't want that rubbish. And then uh, someone said to me, one of my mates, he went, oh, go on, I'm having it. He goes, have half with me. I went, all right, I'll have half. Right. And then uh, I goes, uh, these are shit, aren't they? They don't do nothing. They, 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 these are rubbish. Sorry, I've got to swear. These are rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going back to the minibus. <laughs> and Because uh, I, I still have about half a bottle of my vodka left. I went, and the next thing yeah. they said, they, I was on a podium, on the top of this podium, dancing. <laughs> I was up there for about three hours. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. maybe this is something in this. Of course, yeah. in the end, and you know, it goes, and the same thing. It goes from having that little half a pill, you know, don't do drugs, kids, by the way, but, you know, tonight, then having three or four and passing out at yeah. the, the next one, I'm under the bloody stage and, you know, like, yeah. and yeah, it, everything, everything to excess, you know, like everything. And Do you know what, it, it. it's... It's funny because you speak about that time. I was. It's funny when you're in recovery, right? You do have moments where you go. You all of a sudden you have moments of clarity where you can go back to certain times of your life. It happens to me more and more now. Um, and I remember that feeling when I first took that pill that it was just like utopia. Like I, I can't explain the feeling. It was something inside of me that was like, "This is the best thing that's ever happened." It's like the best Christmas I'd ever wanted as a kid. Mm. And I chased that and I chased it and chased it. And then when the, you know, the pills quality got worse, then it was the cocaine. And then it was, but I was always chasing that. And it was, it was interesting. I feel like I was trying to numb, right? That's what I was doing. It was, I found when I took that pill, it made me forget everything that was going on. And it was a, you know, you, you, you mean that, those parties, those raves, it was, People from Millwall, West Ham, yeah. Tottenham, no. Arsenal. No one was fighting. Everyone yeah. was hugging. Yeah. You know, that, there's that film. I forget what it's called about the bouncer in England. Um, what's it called? The, the Rise of the Foot Soldier, oh, yeah, yeah. which which documents that really well. Like, you know, yeah. there was a time in the eighties where yeah. it just everyone just was out for the for the party, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. But as everything, then then you know. And it did get better. It did go sour, and there was then yeah. organised crime got involved, and it was all you know yeah. at yeah. each other. There's a, a lot of nastiness that that was with it. You know? Yeah, and it, yeah, that's right. And, that, it, and it, it culminated, didn't it, with that the death of that young girl where I lived. You know, I used to I, I lived near Basildon, and it's where that girl died. Um, yeah, Anna Bex, Woods. Yeah, and she she Leah Betts. Yeah, Bex, that's Bex, right. Yeah, had, uh, pill wasn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah, because these things, it's it's a it's a false reality, you know. It's it's a, yeah. yeah it was like I I remember that and like thinking it was a new age and it was going to be this and it was going to be that, and it's yeah. all rubbish, you know. It's all absolute yeah. rubbish, and yeah, the thing with look, people can drink, people and you know, people won't agree with me. Some people won't agree with me, but people can. Um, take recreational drugs um and get away with it yeah but there's a there's a there's a, a a part of the um a part of the uh human race that cannot do it safely yeah you know and, and we're yeah. built different and they've, they've proved it now you know we've got we, you know our bodies work differently we don't break down alcohol the same way as other people 
Um, yeah. You're on a, you're fighting a losing battle the minute you take your first drink. And it's very, very sad because you see everyone around you doing what you can't do. So you think, well, I should be able to. Why can't I do it? And it's that thing mm. of like the consequences get worse and worse and worse. But yeah. you still don't see why you can't do it. You know, it's an age-old thing, you know, like if you was allergic to shellfish, and you had a really bad reaction to shellfish, you wouldn't the next weekend say, well, I might chance another prawn sandwich, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true, yeah. isn't it? But, you, you'll blame the, you'll yeah. blame the environment. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but we do it. <laughs> and then the week yeah. after, well, perhaps I'll try it in a prawn cocktail. It won't. It's, maybe it's the bread. You know, you, it's yeah. that thing. And it, you, you, you constantly battle with your mind thinking, and we are in a, in a society that it, it promotes alcohol like and there i'm not a you know i've just had a party at the weekend um that's why i'm even more tired this morning when i try to get up but you know my yeah. wife was 60 there was about 150 right, people congratulations there. yeah and there's about 150 people in the garden it was fantastic she didn't yeah. know big surprise yeah. she need wet herself it was brilliant you know yeah brilliant um but and i was surrounded by 150 drunk people you know and yeah. there was a point yeah. where I, I, I lasted till about one o'clock and I had to disappear because it was too much. But you yeah. can't, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. People had a fantastic time. Yeah. But out of 150 yeah. people, there's probably, I would say, on average, there'll be about 15 to 20 people out of that lot that can't, that can't drink. Some, yeah. of, some of them are aware of it because some of them are friends of mine and they're in recovery. Yeah, some of them you could see yeah. are not aware of it, unfortunately, and they and it just don't agree with them. But yeah, it's it's such a uh, it, it's such a socially acceptable thing that yes, you know, it's it, you have to do it. You have to go out. You have to get drunk. You have to go out. You have to take drugs. All these things. But you, mm. you know, if if we could somehow get awareness at a younger age to people of the consequences, or just the difference. That to recognise that if your consequences are different from other people, it may be you can't have it, you know. Yeah. But it's almost like it's it's like putting out the fires rather than stopping them happening, because we only really deal with all of the recovery once people are in in the situation, you know, and, and they're where they are. I mean, yeah, it's. It's funny. There's a thing came up on social media this morning. There was a the actress from um, the Big Bang Theory yeah. was talking about talking to her kids about marijuana and and alcohol, and she says, you know, to the average person, they can have a drink and they can smoke a spliff or whatever. And she said they can go about their day. She said, but what happened with her was is it was a way that just numbed her, yeah. and she just couldn't stop numbing. And whether it be through retail therapy, through gaming, gambling, whatever, yeah. just anything but to feel normal. And as you say, you know, some people, you know, as you say, some people can just drink responsibly and have a couple. Yeah. Other people like you and I, yeah. we tried it a million times, didn't we, oh, to yeah. do it and go, right, I'm going to drink through the week. Does your wife drink, by the way? Like a fish. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, uh, and does, I mean, that's interesting. So it's a, 
See, I know I fully get it to having to walk away, right? At yeah. one o'clock in the morning, oh. and you go, right, done. Fair play to you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, um, you know, it was my house. So I had to, and I, to be honest, it weren't too bad because when it's your party, you're so busy running around doing stuff. Yeah, the time looking fly. after you. I have had parties when I've left at 10 because it's been, yeah. everyone's drunk. They're talking the same old rubbish and they're in, you know, and, yeah. and then spitting on oh, you. Spitting on you. And, and, mm. Trying to unload, I try, you know, like sort of. Oh, I, I don't drink that much normally. Yeah, you know, I don't care what I, I don't, I don't know my business what you do. You know, I'm like this sort of, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they sort of they gravitate towards you if you're a sort of like a sober yeah. guru. You know, like yeah, I only have a bit. Like, yeah. I don't give a. Oh, I won't swear. Yeah. I don't give a flying, yeah. mate. I, I, you know. Right, crack on, yeah. do what you want to do, like you know. And you get one of them in your ear, and you go, Oh, anyway, I'm off, I'll see you later. You can't get away, or they're like, So, was you an alcoholic? Yeah, yeah. Then? Like, well, you didn't seem like problem. you were that bad. <laughs> you can have one or two, yeah, yeah. And it's like, No, I actually can't, yeah. you know. I wish I could, but that's the difference. Um, I really, if you stop smoking, right, you stop smoking, and you say, I've, I haven't fa- had a fag for a year, they want to go, yeah. Oh, you can have one, can't you? Everyone goes, Oh, yeah, well done. Well done, you yeah. know, but that's the thing you're drinking, yeah. isn't it? It's like, even now, I get people after 18, nearly 18 years of my life go to me, you'd be all right to have a couple now, wouldn't you? And why Do you know I? what? We had a guest on one of the previous episodes. She just turned 60 and she's a, she's a DJ, Anna, Anna, uh, and she lives in Brighton. She's 15 years to Brighton. Her best friend bought her a bottle of Baileys for her birthday. She's like... <laughs> She's like, do you what part of this don't you get? Yeah. Like, and he's like, oh, oh, sorry, I wasn't thinking, but yeah. she, got, she gave it to her daughter. But yeah. it, talking about smoking, I've, I'm a now on week four of stopping smoking. Now I don't know about if you smoke or if you do, did smoke, but stopping drugs, stopping alcohol was tough. But the stopping smoking was the hardest thing Is I've it? had to go through. Is I mean, well, for me personally, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because the physical thing of withdrawals of like going, losing my mind and having, you know, anger, fear, resentment, you name yeah, it, yeah. it was all going on. But I'm, I'm proud to say I'm, I'm, I'm week four yeah. this week. So it's uh, it's good. Fun. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big one, that one. Yeah. It's funny because I stopped drinking, stopped doing, I stopped smoking for a while and uh, for a couple of years and then just picked it back up again because it was the one thing that I could do that, didn't really affect me on a day-to-day basis and it was enabled me to feel like I was being a naughty boy but yeah, yeah. it's taken me a long time to stop but anyway so what was your rock bottom then Stuart what made you, what was your cat for you to stop <laughs> <laughs> which thousands of them were well, there yes yeah. it I mean I I hit me rock bottom and I'll bounce along the seabed you know like you know like <laughs> and that's what we all do we all have this oh but what was your rock bottom you know like but we yeah. all had that yeah. it, well it is what was the bottom that made you do something. That's the only difference. Yeah. What was about? And if you hadn't yeah. done it, it's all about taking action. So if you hadn't taken action, you'd still be bouncing your yeah. backside across the bottom anyway. You know, so yeah. it's that one for some reason. And sometimes there's you go through worse ones. I mean, I've done some. I've done some terrible things that I'm ashamed of that I can't put right. You know. Yeah, um, me too. I, I can't. So, um, and they were. On their own, each of them were, were enough to stop most people from drinking ever again, but not me, you know. Uh, yeah. My one was, uh, funny enough, was in the place I'm sitting in at the moment, 
Um, it was a Sunday. We'd been out. Um, we'd been out for the, I, we've got me and Julia got uh, four kids. They was all very young. Uh, they was into the theatre school stuff, so they they, they were doing a show yeah. on a Sunday, and it was Julia's niece's birthday. Um, so after the show, we was all going for a meal. So uh, my my head was on the meal like straight away. You know, and that's one of the sad things, you know, I've got, I mean, if you see me now with my family, we've such a close family uh, and they're great kids. They are really great kids and we're all so close. But um, I wasn't present for a lot of it. You know, all of them wonderful things, yeah. you know, like that, for instance, like the, the kids are all in their show, they're all excited. You know, when you're in, when you've got what we've got, you're not present. So you're not, you know, this wonderful stuff's going on around you, but you're going to the next thing. Your 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 headspace is already somewhere else, and mine was, mm. you know, a social event after. So that's where I'd already gone. To the point where the bit when you've got kids in a show, no one knows that. Then you have to wait around after, and they come out all excited, and you tell them how wonderful yeah. they were and that, you know, and that was yeah. a sad thing. I said to my wife, um, you know, oh, you wait for the kids. I'll go to the restaurant, you know, to make sure everything's right. You know, it's a lot of rubbish, you know. Yeah. Just say it now, you think, yeah. did you even, but you believe it yourself, you know, you, you, you're not yeah. lying because you really believe it, you know. But it's yeah. like, so they, they come out, dad's not there, is he? You know, they want dad to say, oh, mm-hmm. you've done really well, kids. They're not, he's not, he's already gone, hasn't he? So I'm at the, the then we get to the restaurant. Straight away, I'm, I'm having a drink. Um, but by the because it takes a long time, by the time they yeah. get them, kids sorted, then get to the restaurant. I've already found a half a gram or something, a little bit in my pocket from the night before. So I've already gone yeah. down. This is Sunday afternoon, by the way. So I've already gone yeah. down to the loo, had what's left of that uh, cocaine, uh, come back up, knocking a few back. Already getting leery, you know. Prob- probably making that in my eyes, the young waitress fancied me, you know. Yeah. Uh, think she fell instantly in love with me, you know. <laughs> She's probably just feeling really uncomfortable and like that old bloke on that table is really making me feel uncomfortable, right? But that's the mindset yeah. that this stuff, that, yes. you know, it makes you so, you know, it changes your psyche. So you're you're believing all this stuff, you know. Uh, yes. So by the time they come, my wife's face drops because she knows I'm already at it, you know. And yes. then we all sit down, and then I'm not eating. I never used to eat when I was uh, drinking. So yeah, of course. The meal comes yeah. out. Um, I don't know if it was on that occasion, but it happened on many occasions. If she started nagging me about not eating, I turned the plate upside down on the table. Go, I can't eat. All oh, right. You know what a what a yeah. what a scumbag. Like if I saw a bloke doing that with his family. I want to knock him out, but like you yeah. know, I'm ashamed of that. But that, that's that's what it was. That's what it did to me. Um, and then you know, and being more, and getting more loud and more crude, and you know, everyone feeling uncomfortable. Then I had the massive, wonderful idea. Let's all come back to my place. Like let's let's all right. let's all go and have a party in the. We've got this cabin at the end of the garden, you know, and that's what Harry's yeah. my office <laughs> part of it. Yeah, and then uh, we said. You know, let's all come back. And I've already got an. I've, I think I've, I think I've got a cab or something. 
because I wanted to get the party started on my own, you know. And she turns up yeah. a bit later and she's like, no one's there, you know. And uh, and I, I'm getting the out. I'm going, you, you miserable, whatever. You you know, you've told everyone not to come. Like, it's Sunday evening. Yeah. Everyone's got to go work the next day. No one wants to come. I'm, yeah. already, I'm already, like, upsetting. They don't want to come and be in my company. They want to go and yeah. they want to go and watch Heartbeat or something, you know, on a Sunday night. And then, <laughs> Have an early bath. Yeah, yeah, that's what they want, you know. But in my <laughs> head, you know, she stopped it. So she's a, she's a party pooper, you know. And uh, yeah, so I'm in the. I, 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 I've I've uh, told her what I thought of her. I've gone down here and I'm drinking and I've I had some more coke and I'm, you know, and I've just I've just it's a vile it vile place to be, you know, self destruction. Um, I don't quite know what went on that night. All I know is I woke up in yeah. the morning and we got quite a long garden and I opened the curtains and straight away I knew I thought I'm in the cabin. Like I woke up in the cabin and you don't remember anything initially, do you? You just wake up, you don't remember nothing. You're yeah. thinking, shit, what, oh. what, what's going on here? You know, I'm, I'm, well, I should be here. And then you look down and it's Monday morning and we've got a conservatory on the back and they're all in the conservatory having their breakfast because you've got to take up the school. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. no, I'm in trouble again. And it's what I, yeah. I say, you know, I took the long walk of shame down the garden, went in the back door and uh, waiting for the, you know, onslaught of you terrible thing, this, that and the other. And all I was greeted with was apathy. It just, it went deadly quiet as I walked in. And they all just, the kids were eating their breakfast. She's just not even wanting to look at me. They've gone beyond yeah. the point of anger. It's the point of, like, disgust. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she took the kids to school. Um, I opened up the cabinet because I wanted a air of the dog. Um, yeah. And my young daughter had written a note. Um, Daddy, please don't drink anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was my one. Yeah. That... that that hit me hard enough in the guts to make me feel to low stop. enough. Not really, I'd say, to stop, to do something. So I, no. I, you know, I got the paper, I looked for the number, saw the local Alcoholics Anonymous number, phoned it up, someone answered, someone talked to me, sounded like me, didn't sound, you know, like condescending, they just sounded the same as me. Uh, went to a meeting um, and grabbed it with both hands because I had sufficient, no. I had sufficient shame and remorse to do some and take some action. But I'll clarify that now because yeah. it's a very, you know, it's a very almost a sentimental story to it because it does, you know. But I clarify it by the fact that mm-hmm. if any any part of that action got stopped. I my my addict mind would always make excuses, so I would have quickly justified. It's the word I'm looking for. I would have yes. justified it, and I would have quickly said like, "Oh well, what it is, you know, it weren't that bad." And you know, like I don't know what all the fuss yeah. about. I would have probably accused my wife of writing the letter, or you know, all of these things. I would have gone through my mind, yeah. you know, and. Um, uh, but that was the point, you know. 
it's mad, isn't it? It's a mad because the, the, the stories we make up in our own minds to mm. t- to tell us that it's okay, it's a, mm. or that it's not that bad. You know, we. I just was reliving it when you said you opened your eyes in the cabin. I mean, I I can recall nights like that where my wife has just gone and you know left me. And then in my own mind, I'm like, I'll show you how much I can fuck myself up, yeah. you know, and I'll I'll show you that kind of attitude. And it's like, all I'm doing is just destroying myself. And she yeah. said it to me a few times. She went, you know, you want to kill yourself, that's, you know, drink yourself to death, but you're not doing it in this house in front of these kids because it's yeah. just, just not on, yeah. right, you know, and... And I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. And I, I can relate to so much you're saying. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's really quite. And sadly, there are so there are many people that, that don't get break that cycle. There is no. there's only a small amount of people that get into recovery and, and stay there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's minuscule, really, when Fine. you look at it. So congratulations. And um, yeah. but, mate, that, thank you for sharing that story, um, you know, that that to get into that point but i know you've gone on and done some incredible stuff yeah right you've really just changed not just your life but many other people's lives and um i didn't really do a really i did a terrible job of the intro at the beginning but not only do the haircuts for homeless um you've also got the podcast hear me see me um where you get to talk to other like-minded addicts which um i've got some personal favorites which i've listened to but what you've done with the, you know, you've mentioned your salon closing down. Yeah, I do recall on the on the Anthony Whitaker podcast where you spoke about, you know, locking the key, putting the key oh. in the door, and closing the business, and then another door opening. It was like it was almost pretty wild how all that came about, yeah. right? And then it was a turning point for you. So, do you want to share a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it was. I started. Um, See, I was in recovery, as you know, I was in recovery. So it got to about 10 years and I've been doing everything that we're urged to do. I mean, we're urged to freely give what was given to us. So you give your time to try and help other people who are struggling. Um, So I used to go to the local Salvation Army on my day off on a Monday. um, And with a few others, we used to go and like chat to the people there and if anyone who was struggling with sobriety you know or drinking and drugs and we used to go and have a chat it was almost like um i suppose it was a a a way to try and a recruitment drive really to try and get people into recovery without you know being yeah um one of these people who's i don't know sort of the people who oh you know what i mean like, like anti-smokers, you know, when they stop smoking, yeah. you know, and they keep banging on about it. I didn't want to be one who bangs yeah. on about it anyway, but... Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. It, it was useful. We used to go and meet some pits. And I, sometimes no one would have talked. Sometimes it'd be quite good. But I saw a guy in America, Mark Bustos, um, and at the time, there was no one really... I didn't have anyone doing it in the UK. Um, he, it was a big thing. He was doing it over in New York. And he, he was in his street makeovers. So he would go out and put his chair out. You see lots of it now. But he would go out, put his chair out, get the guys who are homeless, and he'd give them a little fresh makeover. And it was so, so fresh and unique that I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. And mm. uh, and it just it just one of those things it does. It inspires you, you know. And I, I saw him do that, and I thought, oh, next week, a few of the guys down there, there's often a lot of blokes and, you know, they're, they're coming off the street to get something to eat. 
I'll ask them if they want a haircut. Yep. You know, I take my, I go, we used to think, we used to go at two. So I thought, I'll go one o'clock and see if anyone wants a haircut before we start having our chat. And I went that first time, November 2014, I remember it. And um, there was about, no one wanted it. They was all, I, I first asked the Salvation Army and I was saying to them, look, can I come and cut some hair? And they was looking at me like I was nuts. And it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of air cut. I said, no, no, I'm going to do it for nothing. Well, I don't, you know, I was going, look, I've seen the guy do it. Let me have a go. Like, all right, yeah, well, if you want to, yeah, it's fine. And then I've got in there. And then I've got these, like, you know, and there again, no one had seen it. So these these uh, these guys off the street were like, what are you after? What do you want? What you... <laughs> and I was going, no, look, yeah. if you want an air cut, there's no charge, I'll do it. And one brave soul come and had it done, and I was chatting to him, and he was really, yeah, it was really nice, and he was, you know, I loved it. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Addiction, bang, mm-hmm. made me made me feel good because this guy, yeah, thanked me, you know, like, and there's something so, you know, by then I was old in the game, you know, and I was the, I'd lost the some, I'd lost some, I've been mean, lying, I lost a lot of the passion for the industry, you know, like. You know, because once you've yeah. run a salon for yourself for a while and you've got the BAT and everything, you, yeah. you lose what the the real core of what you're doing it for, you know. And this this work all came flooding back because it was this person who didn't feel great at all who I made feel better about himself with no agenda, yeah. no money, no, you know, just, just purely like me helping someone else. You know, and it, it, it's almost like a dopamine release, it was. isn't it? I loved really? it, you know. And then this guy, yeah. and then they went, Oh, yeah, go on, then, mate. I'll have a haircut. And I had done three or four in the end, you know. And then Brilliant. I sort of, sort of, I thought I'd do this every week. So this is right, you know, I love this. And it just gradually done that. So I was like, and then I said, Look, does anyone want to come and help me? And they, you know, a couple of people said, Yeah, we'll come. And then the word gets out, you know. So another Salvation Army wanted us to go to them in Ilford and then. And it just it just bloomed from that really, you know. It just it just grew itself. And then I'd got a, it's amazing. Yeah, I'd got a small lottery grant because I thought I'm going to need some money to travel this further, you know. And I didn't. It was it, I think they, you could get up to ten thousand off the lottery, and I thought, well, I won't need that. So I asked for six, I think, to spread it out further, some extra mm. equipment and all that bits and pieces for it. Um, but quickly that 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 disappeared quickly because we grew really quick, you know, and we was going, we opened up in Brighton and South End and, you know, it, it, they were the early ones that we opened. Um, and then um, in, funny enough, the year 2018, the years the business closed, the uh, National Lottery were looking for someone to go on their advert to promote, oh, sorry, I've, I've missed a bit. I got asked to do a talk. So I asked, asked by Camelot, who owned the lottery at the time, to go and do a talk yeah. at their executive as someone someone who's had some money from them, you know, to sort of talk about the good that it does that they give out. And I've done this talk yeah. to these executives. I didn't know at the time that they was changing their PR people and they got, the people who got the contract that day who saw me speak were the people called uh, Adam and Eve and they're the company that done all the John Lewis adverts. And you know, right. at that point, the lottery was—it like, was all like about, the Christmas yeah, it was all all about like you know, winning car, getting your cars, and all this stuff. And they said, what you've got to really focus on is all the good that you do because you donate thirty million pound a week to charities. So you want to sort of try and do that. 
And I said, what you want to do, you want to get the guy who was speaking at that thing because his story's really good. So we ended up on the actual TV advert for the National Lottery. Brilliant. And, like, that stuff's gold dust. Like, TV coverage, you know, I underestimated the power of it. But ironically, it... (laughs) The day my salon shut, the day that I turned the lights off after 30 years of my life was the, uh, and that evening was the, when the advert aired for the first time uh, during the advert break wow. of the X Factor. Now, there's a, a lot of people watching X Factor on a Saturday night, or used to, and so that went out massively, you know. Um, so my phone went, might like that's bonkers it's, it's, it to be the same day is incredible and 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 to have that actual i couldn't even enjoy it because um I, I i don't know why i did it but i just put this i put this video of me turning the lights off and put it out there look we're gone we're done you know um on social media said, yeah done it i put it out there and uh yeah it done a lot of good you know, I got flooded with messages of, um, you know, fantastic, you know, like, not fantastic, I wouldn't say that. No, um, I really appreciate what you're saying because we're going through the same thing. We're, we're Every month we're not far away from doing what you've done, you know. Like, it really helps a lot of people, I think, you know, because we were sort of looked to have a quite a successful business and, uh, you know, for us to close, uh, it, it meant a lot to people. So I'd already got, my phone blew up with that. And then, the, which is that honesty, it's that level, that level of rigorous honesty that you've just put it, it out. Kills there, me, mate. It? I wish yeah. I wasn't like it, but I, I'm a murder because I, I'm an open book, you know, and I've tried to not be, but it's what I am, you know. So, do you think? Do you think that's what recovery gives you, though? Because yeah. I'm like that. Like yeah. I think when you're in recovery, you don't have. When you're in active addiction, you have secrets. Yeah. Like the old, the old Clive would have got made up some story that you know this, that, and the other, or whatever. I would have just gone out and tra- you know, yeah. bra- you know, put stuff on about landlords. Yeah, but yeah. when you're when you're in recovery, you go. It's just the end. It's just like that higher power. You're handing it over, yeah, aren't yeah. you? You know, yeah. you just go. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm now on to the next. So I think that's it's, a lot to do with your journey. It's quite and free, isn't it? That's, to, to, to yeah, it's like freeing that. to yeah. go. You know what? I'm not gonna. There's no secret. There's no smoke and mirrors no, here. No. No, and that's you know, I'm, yeah, well done. But I had to, you know, I had to turn my phone off for about twenty four hours after that because I just got flooded with, you know, when it went on the telly, and we couldn't really even. We were so busy, me and my sister, who who helped me run the business, were so busy, like then having to, like, empty the shop out. We had receivers in. We had all this. It's horrible, horrible stuff that goes on with it. Mm. So we couldn't really benefit too much from the advert but lucky enough they they redone it about easter the following year 2019 they hit another run of it and it was on everywhere you know and it was on you know i love fighting i love the ufc you know um yeah and yeah it was my highlight was when it was on the adverts in between the ufc one night and there's my face on it. i was like yeah go on <laughs> <laughs> but um it was. Uh, I, mean, I think my kids loved it because it was on the adverts for Love Island or something like that. You know, it was like. But that's awesome. But it, it, it then it really did boost it, and we could act on it then. So we got flooded with emails. Everyone wanted. So we went from like you know like um, fifty to a hundred 
volunteers that we got straight away to 300 in in a couple of weeks you know we we, we opened more sites and we we got the recognition and and we got noticed by the industry and we've got some wonderful supporters in the industry like the industry has really taken us um to their heart that's fantastic and um you know we and i'm 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 really grateful for that um and then it culminated i suppose uh year before last when uh, I got the notification that I was up for an MBE, which felt really weird. Um, and my mum, my mum, bless her, she's like, my mum never gave, she never gave praise. Or <laughs> She was a funny thing, my mum. And I go, so mum, you couldn't tell anyone. I thought, I'm telling you, mum. My sister, <laughs> she opens all the emails, so she saw the email. <laughs> and I was round there and I went, mum, I'm, I'm getting a, got a bit of news. She went, what's that then? I went, I'm getting an MBE. She went, what are they giving you that for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right, Mum. <laughs> and unfortunately, she got, uh, just after Christmas, like, you don't know when you're going to get it throughout the year. It could be the beginning and the end. You don't yeah. know. And uh, yeah. she had cancer, my mum. All of a sudden, she weren't even ill, but they told her she had cancer and it was pancreatic which is very aggressive and, oh, and it was like, yeah. it did turn out three months start to finish. And it was the day when, funny enough, it was the same week I just found out I had prostate cancer. So, um, Blimey. Yeah, it was, it was oh, mate, I, I felt I'd been surrounded, like, kicked the bits really, it was like, and I happened to say to a friend of mine who's, who's uh, a lovely lady, uh, uh, if you know anyone, because she'd got an MBA, and I said, if you know anyone, and she's got very good connections, I said, look, if you know anyone, I don't know when I'm going to get this thing, but if I could have it sooner rather than later, because my mum's dying, you know, uh, that was on the Thursday, I said, on the Friday, uh, someone from the palace rang, which I nearly told them to wear off, because I thought it's one of my mates, you know. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, we are from the palace, and we understand that your poor mama's not uh, not well. And you know, she said, "Can you be at Windsor Castle on Tuesday?" And that's how wow. It was. Yeah, they was and they they did it. They they added me onto that lot. I was getting it on the Tuesday, um, which was my son's birthday, and we all went up there. And wow, yeah, and then uh, and the one of the nurses. You know they have the whiteboard on top above their bed. Uh, my yeah. sister, uh, oh, one of them sent us a picture, and they'd written on there, "This is Mrs. Roberts. Her son's getting an MBE today off the Queen." Oh, fantastic! And then on the Thursday, I went up, and at the time it was COVID, so my uh, they still had a problem with it, and my only my sister was allowed to see her, but they made an exception, so I went up to see my mum, and uh, and to show me medal. Oh mate, yeah, and it was that's amazing. So she got to see it, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and I had the privilege of caring for her, me and my sister, because unfortunately the NHS is really struggling, and we had the full care mm. package when she came home. Um, but it was, I think we had we had two carers four times a day, but they're so overburdened mm. that they often nip in, nip out. So it probably only equates to an hour, hour and a half in total in 24 yeah. hours. And at that point, they need 24-hour care. So the, oh. me and my sister took 24-hour shifts. So we, we were doing it. We were doing everything for her. 
And my mum, who was never, like I said, never said, never, never told you where you went wrong. You know, every time you visited, yeah. you had an hour of finding out where you're going wrong in life. And, uh, <laughs> she, you know, and uh, sometimes used to come in and my wife would go, you've been to see your mum? I go, why? She said, you've got a face like a slap backside. <laughs> <laughs> but it was wonderful. She opened up and she told me, how, you know, and, and, and my mum, bearing in mind, in my drinking, my mum told me she was ashamed of me, you know. And mm. at the time I said, I don't, oh, fucking silly cat. Like, you know, but you... Yeah. They, that hurts when 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 mm. your mum says they're they're actually ashamed of you of your behaviour. Yes, um, and it went from that to she said to me how proud she was of me, how much she loved me. And that's oh, that's time, amazing. You know, uh, you you got to make amends. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really wonderful. You know, so. Um, Oh, mate, congratulations. And then you, you said you discovered you had prostate cancer from yeah, this as Yeah, well. so the first thing I did was done a, a podcast about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, anyone, any man over the age of even 40, check out mm. prostate, the Hear Me See Me podcast with Elvin Box um, about prostate cancer because it's very uh, it's, it's full and honest and frank and open. And um, yeah. But it it's there's a lot of myths around prostate cancer. Um, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of the time it's not being taken seriously. I mean, I don't really watch it, but my kids was they, they was watching um, uh, EastEnders last night, and Alfie Moon's got prostate cancer, and he was in the pub, and he right. you know, and he pissed, he messed, he, he wet himself, like you know, and it, all right. the things that 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 the I'm really glad they're showing it frankly how, how these things are. You know, um, yes, and there's all sorts of things. I won't go into it on this, but you know, definitely any any men or even anyone with a prostate, you know, because I believe yeah. even if yeah. transgender, I think I think even some of them, some people have had such sometimes they've still got a prostate. So it's it's that's overlooked. Right. You know, like anyone with a prostate, yeah. you know, yeah. get it's it a checked. fifty, and then but unfortunately, you have to make them check you. You know, because they sort yeah. of try and put you off. You know, so men don't get looked after in that way that women do with their smear tests. Yeah. Do you just quickly? Is it is it just? I mean, I know that they do it over here with the blood test. Is there, is that the way? Yeah, just a simple blood test, isn't it? I mean, it? Yeah. all all the men, all they think about is having their finger put up their bum. You know, and they go, "Oh, I've got a finger." Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a blood test. Like, don't even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's be honest, if you give you a gin and tonic first, it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. You've all laughed at it at some <laughs> point, so don't make out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I can see that getting cut out. But anyway, that'd be fun. But um, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's something that we should all do. I know they do the thing. I mean, it's global now yeah. with the gentleman's motorbike ride. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the Movember and the prostate yeah, yeah. thing, you know. It's a, anything to do with awareness, right? Yeah. Um, Stuart, I'm... I'm going to hide you. I'm going to really want people to listen to Anthony Whitaker's yeah. um, episode uh, with yourself. But there was a bit in there which really resonated with me. Just um, was about the guy with the shoes, right? Um, do you remember that bit oh, where yeah. the guy was kicking off in yeah. the thing with the shoes in the Beautiful. in the place? And yeah, that that's. Do you want to just briefly go over all, that? And then yeah, we'll, all and, it was was you know people. You know, they see the pictures. We have, we have pictures on there of um, all these wonderful makeovers of our guests, and they that you know looking great. Um, 
but um, and, and I don't ever say this to, to you know I don't want to put any any um, volunteers off because it doesn't happen yeah. often. Occasionally it gets a bit heated. Someone's kicking off. And that's why we work very we liaise very strongly with the centres we go to to make sure that all our volunteers are safe. I've got to say that. But we was in Liverpool mm. this time at a very busy session, and this guy was really kicking off a nuisance, and he was just making. Uh, he, I, I, I wanted to knock him out, you know, like it was like, yeah. you know, my tolerance had gone and um, he he got chucked out and everyone was like, oh, thank God he's gone, right, you know. But as I'm leaving, uh, he was outside arguing with someone, like, again, and I looked and I could hear what he was saying and he was standing there in bare feet. Now, Liverpool in the winter is Freezing. It's freezing, you know, like, and, and, and he was saying, all I want is a pair of effing shoes because someone had stolen wow. his shoes while he was asleep. Oh, bless him. Right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, and I felt terrible because I thought I was judging him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm the person who shouldn't be doing that if anyone, you know, I'm there. And even I was like, I'm a human being, so I'm thinking, no, I didn't want to know, you know. And then when I saw yeah. that, I thought, how dare you judge this person? Like, you just wanted some warm you, you feet. You walk around with no shoes on in Liverpool. Oh yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you're gonna have the hump. You're gonna be. You're gonna be angry. You're gonna be tired. You're gonna be, you know. And that's what I sort of say, say to people: don't look at the behaviour. Try and look at beyond that. That maybe there's a reason mm-hmm. for it. You know. It's amazing what you do, mate. Um, and it ha- last time I heard, you had about six hundred volunteers. We- and how many? How many places you got now? We've we've recruited over six hundred volunteers. We've wow. opened over eighty projects. That's amazing. We've done over sixty thousand haircuts now. Congratulations! And this year we're ten years old. Oh, mate, it's brilliant. However, I must clarify that some of those uh, volunteers have done it for a while and not, and we're grateful even if they do it for a year. You know, like and it. Yeah, circumstances change. They don't do it now. Some of those centres couldn't maintain. So I would say, out of the eighty odd mm. we've done, we've probably got fifty five active projects yeah. on the go. We've lost some. We lost a lot through COVID, so we're building them back up. Sure, we're opening new ones all the time. Um, but and the, the the cost of living crisis in the UK at the moment is that a lot of people are very very hard up. Um, so yeah. where they used to be able freely to give up half a day, they just got to earn their money, you know. And I understand that. Yeah. The only thing I would say is, yeah. if you can afford to do it, when you are, when you're in this position, see, this is what happens. Like, we get to a position where we haven't got no time to help anyone else, mm. but then we get, you know, like everything gets on top of us. Now I've had so many things in the last few years. And I've got, I battle constantly with depression. Um, mm. It's a massive fight for me. I get days where I can't get out. I just cannot be around anyone. I can't get out of bed. Um, mm. It gets very, very dark, you know, sometimes. But the thing that gets me through, the thing that got me through even when I lost the business, when I was at my very lowest point, was going out and helping other people. Yes. The minute you go out, so I would say, if you can't, unless you gen, unless you really can't afford to do it, 
but we only ask for half a day once a month. Now, even if you've done yeah. every other month, that'd only be six times a year. That'd only be three yeah. days out of 365. Like, but the benefit yeah. you get will be a hundredfold because you may then, where everything's getting to you and you're getting down and you can't, you know, you've got all the bills and everything else, you go out and you speak to someone and you help someone who's got nothing. Or like mm. that guy hasn't even got a pair of shoes, you know? Yeah. Or there's women who have got young children have been thrown out of their, their landlords, thrown them out and they're, they're on the street. Or the women's refuges that we go to, we went to one yesterday and just women who have been through the most horrendous things. And, you know, you, you see them get that lift. Yeah. Just make that will feel... make you feel so much better about your lot. Your, 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 it'll increase your gratitude tenfold. So, you know, I, I, anyone who wants to get involved with Aircuts for Homeless as a volunteer, please email us, you know, because you'll, you, you'll, we very rarely get someone who said it's not for me. Occasionally, but very rarely, nearly everyone. It's, and we've got people who have said it has changed their life. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. when you give give out. You know, yeah. you get you get it back, right? Yeah. And then you know, I'm sure with the global cost of living crisis, that you know, we all assume that it's men that are just going to be cutting air. But as you just said, you, it's women as well. Like this, women with children. Yeah. It's even here in Sydney. Yeah, there's a a homeless place uh, just down the road from where my salon is. And I've never seen the lineup for the food that now that's not just with homeless people. It's people coming out of their houses that can't afford to yeah. eat that are lining up yeah. for the free food. It's, yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's around the block. Yeah. You know, I've and it's, it. it's it, yeah, 14 years I've been in my location and it's, I've never seen the line that long yeah. and it's there and it's most, most nights. And yeah, it's, um, as I say, this, you'd, um, you you would um, I mean it's amazing to be able to give that and make yeah. people look and feel amazing. We've been chatting for a long time. We're nearly okay. up to time, mate. In yeah. fact, we are over time. Oh, okay. But I could talk to you all day. But just quick, but um, do you, ugh, I don't want to rush this. But like, I heard you talk about the coffee table book and um, about the uh, the book and the podcast of how you document. Do you want to explain a little bit about Just that? Quickly, the, it was a, 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 got a wonderful man called Jack Eames, who's a very well-respected photographer for the industry. Like He does a lot of yeah. the collections for the British Air Awards. He's, he's, a, he's an amazing yeah. photographer. He came along a few years ago and just said, look, um, he was introduced. There's another fellow, was, uh, Lee Keats. He was there as well. Um, and had this idea. It came from, I can't remember where it came from, but it, it came about this idea of documenting some of the, makeovers we got uh, but the not the makeovers that sounds wrong it's it's more the documenting the the the, the people that you know mm. humanizing the face of homelessness so it was like yes. you know these are people and then trying to get their stories and and we 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 decided to do a very high-end coffee table book you know it could have it could have been you know like a paperback so we wanted a high-end art book um, and and we we pulled it off, you know. We pulled it off because it's a beautiful book. You can see it on our website. It's for sale on our website. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Where can we find that book? That's amazing. It is, and it, it's yeah. it, we've got thousands of pictures because he came. He followed us around for two years. You know, 
wow. all on his own time, all on his own. You know, it cost him to do it. And then we done a crowdfunder. We raised the money to publish it, and that was that was incredible. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's now available on online. Um, if if you wanted it in Australia, it would cost a bit more. You know, like because of the postage, yeah, just the shipping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. It, you know, yeah. I think it's I think it will grace any any reception area of any salon. Because it, yeah, amazing. you know, because the money go all hundred, all of the money goes to us to help these people, but um, it's it'd be a, it's a nice change, you know, like from your, you know, you've got to have your vogues and everything else, but you know, this is about people, and we're a people industry, you know, that's why that's exactly so well. right. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. Yeah, you know, nah, congratulations, mate. It's it's been it's been amazing chatting to you. As I say, I'm very blessed. At the beginning of this podcast, I said the I'm getting to chat to some people I yeah. would have only dreamt of, and it's been amazing, mate. Um, and thank you for sharing that part about the depression as well, um, because yeah. I, you know, we've all got that, not all of us, but some of us go, I've written down here, my head goes somewhere else, which is a quote that you said at the beginning when you were drinking, and my head does that in sobriety as well. Oh, yeah. There are days when I am really struggling and um, and – Sometimes I have to, the only place, the only time I can fix that is going to bed. Yeah. I need to go to sleep and I wake up the next day. And I, I really appreciate you sharing yeah. that as well. Cause I said, we could talk about that for the next hour yeah. as well, because I've got to do things in my life, which, which I can see that pattern coming. You know, I can see, I can get really quite in, as you say, dark place. And yeah, I really related with that. It's funny cause I, my mates have been, um, to, doing ice baths and they've been trying, I mean, I've been doing, have you done the ice bath yet? Yeah. It's, it's quite funny because my, one of my clients said to me the other day, he said, there's two things that happen when you do the ice baths, Clive. I said, what's that? He goes, well, one, you get the really good health benefits. And then the other thing is you never fucking shut up about it. <laughs> 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 and it's like, there was a few things when you were talking about preaching about yeah. the smoking yeah. and take that. You're like, no longer do it. being at the parties with you know people you know, talking to you about. I'm not drinking this much, and so like, I just now just go ice bath, and then people walk away, and I'm like, great. I'll try that. I should try that. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to do one for my birthday actually, and we're doing ice bath, and um, as long as I stay alive. <laughs> Um, Stuart, congratulations, mate. Uh, it's been, and thank you for taking the time out of your very busy no schedule and you know, what you're doing is amazing and it's been on a, an honor to chat to you. And the next time I'm, I'm home and visiting my family, I, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a line and we'll go for a cup of tea yeah, yeah. somewhere. And, um, and, um, it's been really lovely chatting to you, mate. Um, is there anything you want to finish up on before we go or to you all? No, I just pretty message? much, you know, like we're, we're a tiny charity. Uh, things are things are tough financially, so you know uh, if there's uh, we we desperately need sponsorship. So um, and we're yeah. a registered charity, so I'm pretty I'm, I'm not an accountant, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that um, if big companies or anyone's interested in sponsoring us to keep us going, I think it's even tax deductible. You know, like as a donation to us. So yeah. you know, any any yeah. entrepreneurs or someone anyone who's got a few quid, they can throw it our way and yeah. lessen their tax Brilliant. bill. I think. And uh, uh, yeah, just and, and listen to the podcast if you can. Hear me, see me. I've been a bit slow on it recently. So, but I've, I've one of my goals this year is to make sure it's more active and 
um, you know, mate, it's, and, it's and a great volunteer mark. if you can. Yeah. No, congratulations. I love I, I'm talking to the podcast. I love the one with, is it Paul Bogey? The, the, oh, is it yeah. the heroine? Hero to heroine. Heroine to hero. Hero to heroine. To what hero. an amazing story that was. Mate, I mean, mate, there's some, was, um, absolutely. I, I was nearly in tears with it. But there's a, another recent one with, um, with um, Steve Easton about HIV and he's a hairdresser. So please, people, listen yes. to that one. It's, a, it's an amazing listen, you know, and, and it gives the realities of HIV. And, um, you know, he's one of ours. He's an hairdresser. He's very brave. Yeah. And, and we, we both go really deep, you know, on that one. And it's, it's, a, it's a good listen, that one. Yeah. Mate, brilliant. I won't hold you up for the rest no. of your day, mate. It's been really an honour to be, sit and chat to you. As I say, there's so much more we could chat about, but we have got, we've gone over time and Amy's going to be like, I've got loads to edit and bits and yeah. pieces, but no, it's been amazing, mate. Yeah. All the very best. We wish you all the very best. Yeah. And uh, those of you that are listening, you've been listening to another episode of Straight Edge, the podcast, and please check out Hear Me, See Me podcast with Stuart and uh, check out the charity and uh, grab yourself a book for the coffee table. And uh, thanks once again, brother. Cheers. It's been great chatting to you. All the best. It's amazing the messages of support that we get when we do this podcast. I just want to say a a big shout out to to my friend Alan in in America who said to me the other day, a guy came up to me, he said he was having a tough time and um, he said, said, are you okay? And he goes, I think I need to listen to Clive's podcast because my head is all over the place. And he said, so... uh, so I'm going to do a big shout out to, to the people on the on the west coast of, of America that have been listening to this. You've been listening to Straight Edge, the podcast, and we love that you've been listening to this episode. And we're always looking for future guests to join us on the podcast. So if you or anyone of your friends or family have been through similar struggles with any form of addiction or recovery, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a message on our Instagram page, Straight Edge, the podcast. And we'll get right back in touch with you to have a chat. And talking of social media, if you've enjoyed this or any other of our episodes from season one or two, we kindly ask for you to please help us share the love by sharing our posts and reels with your own network of friends. And lastly, but most importantly, if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, this will help us improve our podcast visibility and hopefully attract more listeners from around the world. But most of all, it will attract some more exciting guests that I'm sure you, our audience, would love to hear from. So I'll finish with a big thank you from all of us here, Amy, Lou and myself, Clive, at Straight Edge, the podcast. And please stay safe and God bless.